The internet can be a wonderful place to learn, to work, to shop, to play games, to talk and interact with friends. But unfortunately, it's also a dangerous place. And it's important for you and your kids to be aware of the dangers that are out there on the internet. When we enroll them in an online school, suddenly they are a part of the internet. And many kids are confident that they know how to behave safely online. But there are a few reasons that kids are often more at risk. They may not always think about the consequences of their actions. They may not understand that everything they do online is permanent and leaves a digital footprint directly attributable to them. Today in our podcast, we're going to talk about digital citizenship and how it relates to a classroom online. Some of the same rules that you find in a traditional classroom are going to apply online, but because we're behind a microphone, because we're behind a screen, sometimes we don't understand that those same classroom citizenship rules apply online. So today we've invited Allison Miller. Allison is a parent and a learning coach with K-12. She's been with us for several years, and she now works with K-12's National Programming for Learning Coaches. She helps advise new families how to get along with this online school experience. And today she's going to discuss digital citizenship in the online classroom. From homes like yours, this is K-12 on Learning. Here we discuss the K-12 online learning experience. We talk online schools, the challenges and strengths of online learning, and explore everything from kindergarten to career readiness in high school. There's a lot to talk about these days when it comes to online schools and learning from home. I'm Heidi Higgins. I've experienced the K-12 online world for nearly 20 years. I've seen it work in my home with my own children and now with my grandchildren. I would like to help you see how it can work for you. Welcome to K-12 on Learning. My name is Allison Miller, and I've been a learning coach for 17 years with our four children who've gone through the program, and it's just such a pleasure to be with you today. Digital citizenship begins when any child, teen, or adult uses anything online, email, they participate in any kind of online activities as part of a virtual community, which may be a very local community, which you could think of our schools and our classrooms as that, or a more global type of community. And many of our students um, at, at many different ages are involved in those more global type of communities. Education is really a key part of a, a person's capacity to present themselves online in a manner that's conducive to their citizenry, whether that's local or more global. So to be able to fully participate and realize an individual's presence in civic engagement and other types of engagement, reading skills will be important and reading comprehension is required. In fact, as I was doing the research for this, I was kind of amazed to see that half of the U.S. population reads at an eighth grade level or lower, and yet the average, even a governmental website, requires an 11th grade lead reading level. So education is really key, and it gives us another whole element of responsibility and opportunity when our students are learning in an online setting. So digital citizenship really encompasses a lot of different areas. And what most of us probably think of first is appropriate and responsible behavior when using technology. But it also encompasses some of these other areas. It goes into digital etiquette. So I sort of listed these in order of how they really interface with us in the school setting, digital etiquette and, you know, just behavior, polite and responsible behavior in in the online setting, whether that's in a class or outside of class. It's important 
important for students to develop an ability to acknowledge public versus private information, what's appropriate to share and what's not. The bigger topics encompass digital law. That would be topics like cyberbullying, plagiarism, spam, hacking, and other areas that, that kind of interface with the legal aspects of being online. And then the other sort of overall one is digital literacy, something our students will be learning in their classes as well as in Class Connect sessions, how, how to use digital devices. And by that, we don't just mean like the technology of it, but how to do things like search for information effectively, how to recognize what's valid information or a valid source and what's misinformation. And this is something your students will be learning in their courses. So with such a broad topic that is multifaceted topic, we decided we're going to start very locally. So many of our students are either starting school now or they are getting ready to start school. And you're probably wondering, well, how does an online classroom work anyway? <laughs> well, the amazing thing is that it works really kind of similarly to uh, a traditional classroom. So if you think back to your days in, in a classroom, if you think about the things that kind of would disrupt classroom, needs for the, the teacher to manage student behavior in a classroom. So what kinds of things would happen? Students who didn't raise their hands and just blurted things out. Students who kept raising their hands repeatedly. Students who, when called on, would speak about things that weren't germane to the topic that we were discussing. They'd tell you what they had for dinner last night instead of talking about whatever subject we are in. Some students who are passing notes to each other or talking to each other while the teacher was talking. Students who continually had to get up and leave class. Disrespect as being a distraction. Those are exactly the, the concepts we're talking about. And it turns out, as you'll see, as we talk about this a little further, all of these things can occur in the online classroom as well. And we as the learning coaches need to help guide our students to proper behavior in the online classroom. Why? because we want to make sure they get everything they can out of their Class Connect sessions, and we want to make sure they're not disturbing others during class. As it turns out, traditional rules of classroom behavior and, and of management apply to our online classes as well. Before class, we want to make sure our students are set up and ready to learn. So, But with respect to the Class Connect sessions, we want to make sure that the learning environment is conducive to learning. So we want to have minimal distractions. We want to avoid having too much activity behind the student when they're on camera or background noises. It can be helpful if you have multiple students or even with one student if there's other stuff going on in the household to have a headset with a microphone like I'm using. That can help mute background noises that are going on. We want to make sure our students are dressed and ready to go. Okay, so this is a topic. <laughs> um, so that was the first one. Dressed and ready to go. So yes, it is possible to roll into class in your pajamas. I know many kids have done it. <laughs> but just keep in mind that um, being dressed is a, in a way that's respectful to the teacher and, and the class as expected. And when your student dresses, gets up and dresses for school, it signals to them it's time to learn. So just keep that in mind. Even though we can we can get away with it, there's been lots of funny stuff, especially in the last few months online with people like John Krasinski standing up from behind the desk with his boxers on. <laughs> Having your student be more respectful to the class session in, in a way that works for you is a good idea. Some schools will even have a dress code. They may request, for example, that 
simple attire without messaging in view might be preferred. So that might be something you'll learn about from your school in your orientation session or in the school handbook. Speaking of going, it's a good idea to do it before class. Most of our classes are 30 to 60 minutes. So it's a good idea to have your student use the restroom before class so they don't have to leave the class and miss part of the class to step out. Uh, obviously, sometimes it happens, and I'll tell you how we handle that in a moment. Um, and also, that goes for other things. If they take care of other needs, maybe they should have a meal before a class or, or have a drink before so they don't need to stop to go take care of those kinds of needs during class, just like we wouldn't do that in a traditional school. So what about being prepared for class? It's the same as a traditional school, having their materials and supplies right there handy, having the textbook available if the teacher might reference it, other materials that might be needed for the class, certainly paper for taking notes and something to write on. You'll be amazed how many students will show up for class and say, I don't have anything to write on or anything to write with. It, it, it truly amazes me. But So make sure those are handy in the learning area. And also for older students, sort of thinking ahead and what, what questions they have. If they've already done the online lesson that, that that Class Connect will cover, what questions do they have? They'll get a great experience if they bring those questions. The teachers are very, very responsive. And then, of course, be on time. And what we mean by this is obviously we want to be, we don't want to miss any of the class and be tardy, but taking a minute to log in early and run that audio setup wizard before class begins, having everything ready to go so the student's prepared for class. So what about during class? So there are a few things that I kind of pulled up. One is it's a good idea to turn off notifications. Teachers will have a policy for how they want to manage the class, if people can raise their hand at any time, but raising their hand every three seconds can be very disruptive. Sometimes students can be emboldened by feeling like things aren't going to be visible. In reality, in the online environment, everything is not only visible, but it is permanent. And that's sort of a whole big thing that we can discuss more in a future session. But anything that goes in the chat will be visible to the to the teacher. So, so they can see what's being written there. And, and so that can be permanent and can be, you know, if it's an issue, it can be saved and, and reviewed and discussed if it needs to be. So a couple things about chat being polite and, and respectful there. We want to stay on topic in the chat. So that's, and that's true of all sessions for students and even learning coaches. If we can try to stay on topic, that kind of help the session be as helpful to everyone in the session. So it's obviously like the student in a traditional classroom who raises their hand and talks about what they had for dinner last night. Is It's not a very helpful con contribution and it disrupts the class. Same thing here. We want to use the chat properly. Um, and a note about private chat. So there's a private chat feature here. So private chatting during class is not allowed usually. I mean, anytime it's not allowed. And, and it's sort of like passing notes, like in the old school, passing notes or talking to your neighbor during the class. It would be like that. And it's just not allowed. And then the teacher will call students out if they catch them doing that. And they're able to view all of that. Students should know that, that everything is visible. The teacher can see everything. And then also when the student is asked to use the microphone, we want to make sure they're being polite and respectful when they're on the microphone and also when they're on the camera. 
different schools regarding the camera, there will be different policies nationwide. So I can't tell you how your school will do it. Um, some schools in the past and Blackboard didn't use webcams, but those schools that are transitioning to new row are more likely to use the webcams and your school will tell you what the policy is. But the same thing is true. If your student is on camera, the past few months, many of us have been using online programs like Zoom and all that. We're all getting used to this idea of being on a camera and our, and being on camera consistently throughout the time we're in a, a meeting. And our students are going to be learning these skills as well and, and the proper behaviors. You know, there's some funny ones online where people forgot they were on camera and that sort of thing. So our students need to learn this too. You might help them remember. And same thing for when they are invited to take the mic. The, the teachers have the control of both the camera and the mic. And when they invite students to use those, the students should be respectful. And finally, the whiteboard. Our students will have the opportunity to write on the whiteboard. And uh, when they have whiteboard privileges, if a student decides to go write something, and this, this sort of is analogous, I was thinking about students who, when the teacher was out of the classroom, wrote something back in the old day, we had to pull like a screen down for to show, <laughs> showing my age, to show, um, you know, to show a per, something on a projector, to, to project something on a screen. There was a screen that came down, and if that thing was down, some students would go draw a picture or write something back there. And then when the teacher raised the screen, there it was. Well, that's the, that some students, that behavior turns out to be something they decide to write on the whiteboard if they have whiteboard privileges. But the teachers have the ability to see who wrote everything on the board too. And really the fact that the teacher can identify that the offending student isn't the key. The, the key is our students need to be respectful and polite and appropriate with anything they put on the whiteboard. So those are some, some things about being on in the classroom. So let's just talk now for a minute about just more some general ideas about maintaining um, proper behavior online. So in general, in practicing good digital citizenship in our class connects, we want to always maintain respect and consideration for both the teacher and the classmates. What does this mean? Well, for one thing, when we're addressing teachers, we want to use the same kind of respect that we would teachers in a traditional class school setting. So the teachers will let the students want what they want, know what they want to be called, and it typically is going to be the teacher's title and last name, like Mrs. Smith or Miss Jones or whatever that is. So they should be considerate and, and uh, address their teachers by those names when they are on the mic or on the camera. And then with respect to students, this is really, really an important area that I want to emphasize. Impolite and disrespectful remarks directed to the teacher or the students when the student's on the mic or especially in the chat is where I think it happens. Um, will not They just won't be tolerated. They, the student will be called out for that. Um, each school has its own policies and ways of addressing any issues and students can be removed from the chat during the session. They can have mic and phone and um, cam camera privileges removed, whiteboard privileges. All of those privileges can be removed if there's an issue. So the kinds of things we're talking about here would be ridiculing or criticizing another student's appearance or their name or something that the student said in the class. That wouldn't be tolerated in a traditional school and it won't be in online school either. And then also, as I mentioned, derailing the class discussion with off-topic or any deliberately offensive comments will be a problem. Following the guidelines of acceptable speech and behavior that one would expect in a traditional school or, or outside of school is what we want to, 
to foster. This is what we want to teach our students. So things like hate speech, bullying, any racist, sexist, or derogatory remarks will not be allowed. In general, I'd say we experience far less of this in classes and our clubs than in other kinds of school environments. Interestingly, because the teachers do have a very good view of what's happening. They can see and hear everything, whereas they can't in a traditional school. A lot of these topics will be covered in your school handbook. They will probably touch on it in your orientation as well. So we want to make sure that our students are following these kinds of guidelines. So we're focused on maintaining a safe and comfortable online environment for all students and families. Thank you for listening to K-12 on Learning. To learn more about K-12's tuition-free online public schools, the Destinations Career Academies, or the international and private school options, please go to k12.com. We invite you to subscribe so you can join us next time for K-12 on Learning.